Hey, how are you doing? I am Levi Johnny Griffin, and this is my brand new co-host, Porsche Franklin. Now, uh, I'm so excited about this reboot of Word Today. We've been around for years, but it's just been my face right here, and now we got mm -hmm. this brand new, amazing co-host. Um, quick uh, little bit about her. Matt, of course, woman of God, if she's here co-hosting Word Today. Yes. Actor. Yes. Dance instructor. Yes, and dancer. And dancer. Mm -hmm. Singer. Yes. Um, teacher. Teacher. Speaker. Speaker. And what else? As it comes. All right, and a little bit of everything else. So tell them what we're going to be diving into today. We're going to be diving into... Is it worth it to deal with the church hurt, the church drama, and all of that, the same as you do in the world? So it's a little bit about drama. So, you know, the thing is, people say, I don't want to go to church. It's full of hypocrites. If I want to get hurt, I can get hurt out in the world. I don't need to get hurt um, in the church. So we're going to we're going to kind of deal with that. So we got technology up here. I got my phone. I got my laptop yes. slash tablet with notes on it. Okay. Porsche has her phone with a nice little pink trim i like Thank that you. i normally yeah, get like, like rose gold phones but not this This is a temporary i normally have rose gold okay it's so pretty. you couldn't do the rose gold so you got just a we're not going to talk about my phone case because the phone is what i need oh okay see you distracted by the outer <laughs> all right you're not looking what's inside so it's what's inside that's, that yes that see, matters just preach preach see? <laughs> see? all right coming for me <laughs> so, so why go to churches full of hypocrites? I'm gonna just I'm gonna just dive right into this. Um, you mind if we just get in? Cool, let's do it. Let's just do it. All right, Matthew seven three five. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck out of your eye" when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So I love this scripture because one of the major reason that um, people complain about the church, oh, it's full of hypocrites, or you know, people aren't perfect in there, that's one of the major complaints that Christ had, right? It's like, hey, about the yep. organized church, hey, you guys, uh, you know, before you try to get on to someone else, make sure that you're, you're all good. Yep. Um, I always say, stay in your lane. If everyone in the church will stay in their lane, <laughs> we won't have car crashes. We won't have church hurt and drama sometimes. Some of them can be prevented if everyone just stays in their lane. As a church, we're the body of Christ, so each part has what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to be, hand is not the foot, the ear is not the lips. You got to stay in your lane. And if you're staying in your lane, if you're checking yourself, you don't even have time, honestly, to deal with anybody else's problems. Am I right? No, that's right. So what do you mean by explain stay in your lane for all the listeners um, out there and okay. uh, viewers out there? We're going to be raw and real. All right, so if you are a deacon of the church and you know you have your deacon duties, stay in the deacon lane, okay? If you are the youth volunteer leader or you work with the youth and that is your lane, stay with the youth. If there are some problems in another ministry that you see, if 
And you know, it say, if you're not willing to assist, just leave it alone. You could give godly advice. Hey, why don't y'all do this? But don't get to the point where you're judging or throwing shade at another part of the ministry. Just stick with your ministry. Do the best with your ministry. Stay in your lane. You know, you sometimes you have people in the church just trying to do everything. And sometimes it's needed and you just pray for people to come, but sometimes it's not necessary. And that's where the church hurt come from. That's where the church drama come from. So if everybody stay in the position, the purpose, the line that God has you in, we'll all be blissfully happy. Oh, goodness. All right. Yes. So you heard it here first from Porsche. Now, Porsche, question. Um, so say the deacon is in charge of charge of the deacon board and in charge of making sure the money is counted and collected, but there's a choir member who's just wilding out. Should that deacon have liberty to go and just say, hey, pull a choir member to the side? The Bible even says, hey man, pull people to the side and if they don't correct themselves, then bring it to the whole body of the church or the you know, leadership or what have you not. Do you think he would be out of place to then grab that person and say, hey, you know? No, because... Maybe- See, that's like a one-on-one thing. That's like helping your brother out. When I say stay in your lane is if the deacon was trying to go tell the choir what to sing or tell the minister of music how to direct them or what they should be wearing or how they should sound, then that's when it's like you're not the director, you're a deacon. Stay in your lane. Thank you. Okay. Going to help another brother out. Hey, I see you you struggling. That's different, you know. I'm trying to help you out. Not Mm -hmm. trying to dictate what you're doing, but I'm helping you out. So basically you're saying that could cause, you know, an offense to either the choir members or the choir leadership. Not following kind of the hierarchy, you know. Not that the church is a business, but there is, the Bible says, you know, he likes things done decent and in order. So Mm -hmm. you're saying one way to avoid church hurt for people that may have, been in the church because if you're a seasoned, you're probably, you know, you'll shake it off. But maybe some new newbie, newbies in the choir, are like, yo, you know, why is the deacon coming telling me I need to be in E flat right now? Um, so I get you. I could see that. I could see that. Maybe the deacon should go to the choir director and go, hey, yes. make a suggestion and let mm-hmm. let it handle. Like that you way said. you don't step on anybody's toes. I could mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. All right, Oxford English Dictionary. What's a hypocrite? The Oxford English Dictionary defines hypocrisy as follows. The assuming of a false appearance of virtue or goodness with dissimulation of real character or inclinations, especially in respect of religious life or beliefs. Hence, in general sense, dissimulation pretense sham. Also, an instance of this, it defines hypocrite in this manner. One who falsely professes to be virtuously or religiously inclined one who pretends to have feelings or beliefs of a higher order than his real ones. Hence, generally, a dissembler pretender. In simpler terms, a hypocrite is someone who not only does not practice what one preaches, but a person who does the opposite of one of what one preaches. A parent holding a beer and smoking a cigarette who admonishes a child not to drink or smoke, for instance, may be viewed as being a hypocrite by the child. Mm. Um, so that is a mouthful. Basically, if you're not practicing what you preach, you'd be considered a hypocrite. Um, though I have a lot more um, at the end about kind of the lines of hypocrisy, because I think the lines of hypocrisy may be a little blurred. I think maybe what 
and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but maybe what I consider hypocritical may not be something that someone else sees as hypocritical. Yeah, I um, feel like you could easily fall into, if you just put hypocrite as plainly what that said, you could easily, everyone could fall into it. Like you can make a quick decision that is not of what you're supposed to do mm. and you would be considered a hypocrite. And it could be mm. something so simple as, you know, you said you're not going to eat something and you end up eating it as mm. being a hypocrite. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> 2007 Barna Group Study. In 2007, the Barna Group did an extensive research project in which they asked non-Christian people why they rejected Christianity. Many Christian leaders were surprised to learn that none of the top six answers were evidential reasons. They rejected Christianity for moralistic reasons. The top three problems people had with Christianity were that it was viewed as one, anti-homosexual, 91% of responders, two, judgmental, 87%, and three, hypocritical, 85%. So when these people are listing like their top six answers, um, anti-homosexual, judgmental, and hypocritical, hypocritical being 85% said that they were hypocritical. Um, they didn't want to go. So that's that's kind of iconic. Mm. And and the reason I and I and I love to hear what um, you think about it. But I think it's iconic that people aren't basing belief in God on God, Mm-mm. on the Bible, nope. on historical facts, on religious artifacts that have been found, on mm-hmm. uh, the, the proof. Di- yeah, <laughs> or the Dead Sea Scrolls, or the Nag Hammadi dig site, or um, the religious texts like Josephus, religious um, material, really just historical texts on the times of Jesus. Um, very um, uh, authentic. People has been proven. So he was a historian and talked about the times of Jesus. So they're not basing it on anything fact, anything religious, or even anything to deal with God. But they're just basing it on how they perceive other Christians or how they perceive how they Christians. See us, how we act. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> like I was saying. Do you think that's fair? Of course not. It's basically putting people on a pedestal. Um, we're not trying to say, uh, give us a break. You know, we understand our walk with Christ should elevate the way we act and what we do mm-hmm. as people of God. Yes, I completely agree. But don't hold someone so high on a pedestal that if they fall for a second, you know, it's just all hope is gone. All like one of the biggest things that I've seen growing up in the church is that people almost come to Christ either because they were given false hopes or they had false hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't expect anything wrong to happen when you come to Christ. They don't expect people to still be dealing with stuff when they come to Christ. They expect mm-hmm. people to just be perfect, change. Some people change like that. Mm-hmm. Some people, it takes time, you know? So when you come to Christ, you know, you come in ready to learn for yourself. Again, staying in your lane. If you, mm-hmm. if I deal with Porsche, if I go to church to hear what the man of God has to say, then I take what he said. I've consumed it for myself. Mm-hmm. I go home. I do my study, my personal time, my one-on-one time with God. And then I'm able to go out to the world. I'm edifying myself and I'm growing in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, I see my brothers. I can help my brothers and sisters. 
but I'm not judging them because I'm trying to get myself together. And if everybody does that, I think the church would be better than it is. I mean, mm. there's other things to be tweaked, but I think that would really help. But from a non-believer standpoint, um, non-believers looking at believers, um, they're saying like, man, the majority of these people, and this is a study done by the a study done by the Barner Group in 2007, that the majority of these people are looking at Christians and saying, I don't want to be a Christian because of because of either them, what they've heard about Christianity, from what they saw by uh, or experienced with the Christian, or whatever their perception comes from, TV uh, experience, um, overall their community's perception. But they're saying what I'm seeing is not appealing. Um, into that, and like I said, we're gonna get a little bit more into it, but um, I don't know, that's 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 interesting. There was an old joke that said, um, uh, a non-Christian said, um, I would have become a Christian until I met one, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, how true that is, I don't know as far as uh, non-Christians interaction with actual Christians uh, versus just their perception, what they're hearing and what the community is talking, their communities are talking about, but. Um, I think that's uh, something that we as believers, especially, and I'm huge into evangelism, which is why we have a Word Today podcast um, and why I'm involved and urge people to you know, get involved in evangelism and telling people the good news. If we truly believe that Jesus saves and that Jesus is the only way to heaven um, and Jesus um, transforms our lives for the better, then we have to get out there and convince people right um, that this is so um, and how they view us is huge in that yeah um, a couple uh, sticking points here five sticking points um, number one um, as we read in Matthew Jesus himself would disapprove how most Christians behave and how most people Christian or non-Christian in general um, which is the sole reason no pun intended he died so the first sticking point is Jesus would disapprove of how non-Christians behave and how Christians uh, behave, um, which is the, the reason he died. He, he, he didn't die for like one or two people. He's like, all of y'all are jacked yep. up, right? He's like, everybody's jacked up. Pretty so, much. yeah. So I think the first point is when non-Christians say Christians are not perfect i think i would kind of go amen you're right exactly. christians are <laughs> no less jacked up because christians is not like you become a christian and then you turn into an alien right you turn into a whole different the bible right. says you're a new creature <laughs> but you're a new creature dealing with still old yes. issues right um so I, I don't think it's you know and us not being perfect is what is supposed to attract people because they see the real and the rawness of God. I think when Christians start to portray like they're perfect, that's when people get misviewed of how we're, we are, you know, when people, I guess, fake it, I guess you could say, you know, they act like, oh, I'm doing great. I have no problems. Everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You know, you know, they always say what happens behind closed doors. You know, people go home, they're crying, they're sobbing, they're depressed, they want to kill themselves. Like, these are problems people have, but some people put on a mask and they come. And it's the difference between being able to be steadfast in what you're going through and putting on a facade, you mm. know? Be real. 
realness is what attracts people. Genuineness is what people love. So it's like, mm -hmm. if Christians need to start being more real, then that's what needs to happen to let people know. And it also will help them not to expect us to be this certain way. And that's, we're not, we're, we're, we're not that way at all. All right. Point two, most people could not live up to the scrutiny that the average Christian has to contend to. Um, that means that if the judgment that is on Christianity, like, oh, you're a Christian, you're not supposed to X, Y, Z, F, G, you know, Q, W, nine, eight, seven, six, right? You're not supposed to do any of this stuff. I think if you held the average person up to that, that standard that Christians are held up to, no one would pass the bar. No. Um, would you agree to that? Yes. It's almost like when you say we're supposed to be a certain type of way, but then we're not supposed to tell you how you're supposed to be. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree with that. And I think also that Christianity is um, about Christ. So I think it's it when we take the focus off of Christ's perfection and look at humans' imperfection, we're going to find every kind of flaw because um, there is no uh, Christianity. And this is the third sticking point. Christianity is an open club, right? Like there's no background check. There's no, hey, you need to get to this level of righteousness before you can join. Uh, you know, we need to make sure you fit in this category. You need to be this good. You need to have this much, uh, you know, move forward this much in your life. Like there is no tick box for Christianity other than you believe that Christ died on a cross for you and you're willing to give your life to him. So that means that, you know, liars are welcome. Adulterers are mm -hmm. welcome. You know, rape, rapists are welcome. Murderers are welcome. Um, you know, people that are, have, struggle with child pornography are welcome. You know, people that are divorced are welcome, right? Um, every kind of sin, horrific or not, mm -hmm. we're welcome. You're, you're welcome. And Christianity teaches us that God forgives us. And through that forgiveness of grace and love, he will begin to transform you over your lifetime into a perfect creature. That doesn't happen day one. It doesn't happen day 1001. Yeah. It is a transformation over your life to get from the sinful place you are to a less sinful place um, along this life's journey, right? So, you know, looking at the day one Christian, um, versus the day, you know, 801 Christian, mm -hmm. you should notice a difference in that person's yeah. life, but that still doesn't mean that person is perfect, right? Yep. It's a journey. Yep. For me, I'll give part of my testimony coming in. It was a decision I made for myself. It has to be a decision that you want for you because when you want to do something, you should want to give it your all. So when I first came into Christ, being a Christian, being saved, I wanted to learn more about Christ. Mm -hmm. It was slow for me at first because I was a person, I, if, if it wasn't a book of my interest, I would not want to read it, regardless if it was assigned to me or not. So I took on the Bible. I'm like, this is a very big book. It was intimidating for me. I was like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I can read all this. I'm like, where do I start? Cause I just like stuff to go in order, but I'm like, you can't just, I mean, you can start from Genesis <laughs> and read, but I was like, I don't know about this. And it's been about four or five years for me. And I'm just now getting to the point where I can take the Bible, dissect it, 
you know, read parts of it and I'm excited four or five years from now, like from then now I'm excited. Like I read stories and I'm just like, that really happened. Like I'm excited because I want Mm. to learn more. And as I read more, I'm teaching myself. God is giving me the right way to be. So instead of me saying, I don't want to be a Christian because other Christians are messing up how it's supposed to be, I'm going to be the right Christian. I'm going to show you how I'm supposed to be. And that's what we should be doing with any and everything. If you want to show people the way Christians are supposed to be, then you do what you need to do, which is get in your word, study, let God transform you through reading his word. Amen. Praise him. Praise him. I'm ready to take up tithes and (laughs) offerings. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, taking point number five. Um, uh, four. Excuse me. Thank you. Yeah. The amazing portrait, Franklin, everybody. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Not every person who says that they are Christian actually is. So Ooh. when you're looking at, so for, I would say this to the non-Christian and to the, to the new Christians, um, not everyone that says they're Christian are. Once again, it kind of goes back to point three. It's an open club, right? So the guy off the street can come in and say, hey, I'm a Christian. The guy off the street could never go to church, never read his Bible, and still say, I'm a Christian. I've met plenty of people, don't go to church, don't tithe, and not being judgmental, but all of the uh, tenets of Christianity, they put by the wayside, but they still say, I'm a Christian. Um, so I think that would be something to also take note of. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone can say, you know, an atheist can say, you know, what, I'm a Christian. And how could you tell him mm-hmm. he's not? Um, if you, whatever you represent, if you're a, uh, a baseball fan, if mm-hmm. you are, uh, uh, you know, a Republican or a Democrat or independent, if you are, uh, you fight for anything, I'm sure that group has people that are uh, exemplary in the beliefs that that mm-hmm. group holds. And then there's people that you're like, dude, you don't <laughs> represent us at all. I kind of yeah. wish you would not say that you are mm-hmm. part like, of us. That's like saying I'm a student and I never go to class. I never do my homework. I don't even know my teacher. I don't even know the classmates. Like, how can I call myself a student when I'm not doing anything that a student would be, all the things that line up to equal what a student is? Yeah. I'm yeah. not a student. Even if I'm acknowledging, I mean, I'm into the tuition yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah, you're holding your, like, LSU yeah. Tigers flag up, but you never go to class. Like, you're not even registered. You're not even registered. Got the sweatshirt. <laughs> got my books in the... Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You're not even you're not even registered at LSU, but you're like, hey, man, I'm LSU. I'm an LSU alum. Did you graduate? No, man. I, uh, I actually never registered. So, yeah, not everyone who says that they're a Christian. I think the best way to look at it is to look at their life. If they love Jesus, they're sold out for Jesus. If they're telling you about Jesus and you just feel the love and warmth from their soul, that's a good possibility that they're a Christian and that they're someone that you'd want to model, someone that you'd want to follow. Um, but if you're not feeling the love and grace, because um, the Bible t- says that Jesus is one who will stick closer than a brother. Yes. Um, he said, the Bible says that a lot of people wouldn't die for a good man or woman, let alone die for a bunch of jacked up sinful people, right? So the love that Jesus had to die for us while we were sinners, while we were wicked. Yeah. Tortured you, blood, Mm. like, don't get me started, don't get me crying, cry baby. (laughs) (laughs) So that, yeah, they they beat him, they did all this, this terrible stuff to him, for him to die for a bunch of people that you know, disliked them or people that were just sinful. So 
Um, you want to see what a Christian, a, you know, someone that is uh, at the top of the food chain, right? Someone that is uh, exemplary in Christian virtue. Look for someone that when you meet them, you feel the love, the warmth, the honesty, the truth pouring from their heart that proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I think that would be um, a good example of, you know what, this is what a Christian really is. And not just someone that's waving the banner, but <laughs> not even registered at the school, right? Yes. Um, number five, uh, we are more generous and forgiving of our own sins that we are of others. Talking about hypocrisy. Um, I think a lot of people that judge, and this has been proven, that we will forgive things about us faster than we will about someone else. And this is not just a non-Christian Christian or Christian non-Christian. This is a human trait yes. that I can lie and then you lie and I never forgive you for it, right? Yes. But I can lie, but I have, I can justify why I yes. lied. Like I did this because of this, this, that, that, and that, that, and the third. Exactly, and it makes sense to me in my own mind, right? Mm -hmm. So it's easy to say, you know, that Christian, you know, didn't do this. I may never do it, but it's okay um, Come on. because, um, you know, whatever my justification for never doing it is. So um, it's been proven that we are much more forgiven of our own sins and shortcomings and shortfalls and downturns than we are um, of others. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, hypocrisy is mentioned in the Bible uh, 17 times. Um, mainly by Jesus. So Jesus wasn't a fan of hypocrisy. So just um, remember, Christianity is not people-anity. It's Christianity, Christianity, right? It's about Christ, him loving you, him dying on the cross for you, him saying, regardless of anything that you've ever done, and I guess this is the moment we evangelize, but mm -hmm. regardless, uh, whatever you've done, Christ loves you, Christ forgives you, Christ is welcoming you with open arms and he loves you regardless. It's Christianity, not, you know, Johnny-anity or Porsche-anity or whoever-anity, right? Wow. Um, you know, so it's about Christ. Don't look at people because it's not about people. We're all jacked up people that just love Jesus. Some of us that are in love with Jesus um, that are just trying to chase after him. You know, and I don't say that in a judgmental way, but there's people that love Jesus and even us that love Jesus chasing after him. We just we aren't perfect, but it's not about us. It's about God and it's about him. Um, matter of fact, there are some scriptures that say um, that Jesus um, didn't come for the well. They asked Jesus like, dude, you're hanging out with the scum of the earth, right? You're hanging out with tax collectors, crooked, basically crooked politicians, prostitutes, the worst among us. And he says, I didn't come to heal the sick. He said the sick aren't in need of a physician. Like you're not, if you're in a hospital, it's because you're sick. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, I came for the sick. It's like, if you're mm -hmm. um, in church, if you're a follower of mine, it's because you understand that you are, you've fallen short. Somewhere in life, you've lied. If you've lied even once, you're a liar. If you've stolen even anything, even if you were five-year-old, you're a thief. If you've ever misled someone, you're, you're a deceiver, right? So at some point in your life, if you've missed a mark, and Jesus says, hey, I'm here for you to help you get closer to the mark. You know, mm -hmm. Christianity is not about a group of people. It's about <laughs> Jesus and you. We come together as a group because Jesus told us to. Mm -hmm. We worship as a group because Jesus told us to. It's a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. So the only judge or judgment or stick to measure will be that of Christ himself. Mm -hmm. And we, we need one another. We like, do. You, you can't make it through this 
earth by yourself. Like you, you won't make it. Like that's, it's not even negotiable. You won't make it. Mm-hmm. We need one another. And I almost lost my train of thought. Yeah, we need each other. We need each other for sure. Um, it is a group think, right? We've been yeah. developed um, as humanity to depend on each other and to, to you know, be a part of a group. We've, mm. you know, evolved. The more we evolve as people and as human beings, I know the more I evolve, yeah. I realize the more I need people. I used to think I was an island. I can mm. make my own money. I can build my own future. Yeah. I can do my own things. And I realize whether it's from, you know, military service or ministering to people or being a part of uh, the community at large or a church at large that I I can't succeed in anything without my brothers and sisters. Yes. So is it worth being in the church, dealing with the church hurt and drama? It is. Absolutely. It is. It's worth it because at the end of the day, our reward is not here on earth. Mm -hmm. It's in heaven. That's right. I want to go to heaven. Me too. So I'm going to do what I need to do to get myself together. And I'm going to help as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you just have stubborn people. You just got to be real. You have people that are in the church that aren't doing right. And sad to say they're just not going to do right. Yeah. So you have to be equipped yourself to deal with all that church hurt and church drama. And you Mm -hmm. cannot let it get you down. You know, find those people that you know is real and raw and stick with them. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> stick with them. You be the light. If you're wanting to come into the church and get, you know, fed. Um, if anything, the Bible is everywhere. You know, if you want to read a couple scriptures, there's plenty of resources out there for yeah. you to not saying, you know, don't go to the church, but you don't have to just go to the church. There's plenty of resources for you to get your foot in the door and then easier way back into the church or easier way into the church if you've never been but as you learn for yourself like they say I know that I know I can say that now I know that I know God is real in my life because of my walk with Christ yes I've seen other people's walk but I know for myself Mm -hmm. because I took the time to get to know him and he's been with me since I was born Mm -hmm. since I was in the womb so If you want to be the light, learn how to be the light. (laughs) Get the tips, the the guidance that it takes to be the light. And you show people how you're supposed to be. You show people how a real Christian is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think that was good. You were doing this and I thought you were hitting the mic. I was worried. But no, awesome. All right. Well, I think that was the, I think you had the final thought. Cherry on top. Cherry on top. Hey, I am Levi Johnny Griffin, and this is Porsche Franklin. And uh, we're signing off. Thank you for watching Word Today. See you guys next week.